0: Buddy, it is surviving the suck, and yes, I've been gone for a little while, but I think I'm going to be able to make up for it. Um, I've got another light heart, which is score for me and well, score for you. I apologize for being gone so long. I hope things are going positive, and let's jump right in. How are we doing, Justin? How the heck are we doing?
1: I'm I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. How are you today?
0: I am spectacular.
1: Spreading positivity daily. (laughs) Yeah, you sound chipper and well-rested. Did you work today by any chance? Do you have a good one?
0: Oh, Was it a
1: a Friday for you?
0: Today, I mowed my grass. I've been off for 12 days now, so I'm doing really good.
1: So you paid yourself today?
0: Oh, yeah. I paid myself today. I broke the belt twice
1: so
0: there was a stick in the frame i didn't know it
1: i haven't mowed in two or three years
0: oh man
1: yeah Um, and it shows
0: (laughs) i mean is is it showing the grass or oh yeah you can't there's children you pay to do it i mean more
1: or less we more or less live in a meadow now it's not so much Oh,
0: that is nice
1: yeah it had grass it's not a whole lot
0: of snakes you know
1: we have garter snakes. We don't have any real serious snakes. I think the worst the worst thing is trying to walk through it. And so I do clear some paths nope. during the summertime. This summer is really dry. Spring and yeah. the
0: fall where it gets a little dewy. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's terrible your <laughs> legs get all wet or oh, torn yeah. up, you know. You get all those scratches on your shins and calves from walking through them.
0: All that yeah. fun stuff. So, all right. I'm going to start with an easy one. Okay. I'm going to tell everybody just who you are
1: I am a father and a man a voluntarist Uh, my name is Justin I chose the last name lightheart for our family and it's kind of um, also been we just kind of joke about it um, being a movement but actually it's kind of a movement
0: it's and kind I, of a movement
1: it's kind of a movement um yeah so i i would like to say i'm exactly one equal part originator of that concept and that will be my claim to fame forever that's my legacy to the world because because uh, <laughs> even if it only like if nobody else ever adopted the last name i have already been witness to so many folks changing their names simply because they they totally understand what it's about and it's it's about being a voluntarist. Leading with the heart, being uh, compassionate and also understanding firmly. Uh, natural law, property rights and contract obligations and what your word means. We're also. We're also pretty um I would say I would say we're definitely family oriented and we more or less our family and our children are our primary focus you know protecting them and guarding them and I think that's because most of us are orphans more or less we've had terrible guidance from our parents or been downright abused by our parent parents um so, we're all kind of survivors of that too. And it isn't that, isn't to say that somebody would have to be a survivor of abuse to become a lightheart, so to speak. It's just more like that's that's sort of how it's been so far. Just ended up, um, Children really are somewhere. Yeah. We were just ended up harmonizing with people. My wife's very outspoken online and she has been speaking about trauma work. For years now and and about our kids and the joys and trials of raising the children, right? As you do on social media.
0: And she's actually talked about the children a couple times on this show. Yeah. Amongst her other issues.
1: So and and when she did that, she's sort of she's sort of um I don't know. Maybe like already sort of put out this vibe of compassion and acceptance you know and that would end up leading me to really want to heal my own trauma and come through how that's kept me shut up and emotionally stunted for the majority of my life right like over 40 years She kind of
0: led by example in a way
1: yeah, it, you know, frankly, she's always been like that. And my wife has her own traumas. She's just, she's really always had that strong spirit coming through, and she's bent. She has integrity. Her personality style, it, however you want to frame it, like in the various personality tests, she's, she's always that, the archetype that is in a leadership capacity or has a very strong foundation in who they are as a person and uh i haven't right and it might have been the opposite of that and we're pretty good together for that reason you know i'm a very dynamic person like a hummingbird excuse me hiccup and she's um she's very strong and has a lot of purpose and at the same time she's capable of being soft and accepting and inviting you know so she and i work well together personality-wise and all of that has helped us create this beautiful family of children and then because we had the children and there were other people around us that we were friends with that also had like these similar um, challenges growing up and then you know affecting them as adults but all still wanting to heal and come through that and become better people making their lives easier and more or less wanting to do the right thing by their children too, and not pass on all that stuff. We sort of just um, kind of have this little tribe grow out of that. Like we're all very close, and our kids are the same age, and we love each other. It's great, you know. We're like like voluntary brothers and sisters, and it, it I think nice it, to
0: have a community like that.
1: It weirded people out at first, you know. Like our yeah. own blood family didn't get it those of us that had them still around and and pretending like they (laughs) like they cared at all where um they're just baffled by it they just don't understand it and it's uh unfortunate because they can just be a part of it instead but they choose to they choose to be like that's weird no and i don't you know i i don't know what to tell you it's not like it's like they want to assume the worst is happening too We've been asked a couple of times if you're a cult, if we're, a, yeah, if we're a cult and
0: <laughs> I like, a no, like
1: it's, be. it's so opposite of that. It's really, I don't know it, if it's, it's more if of an, is a cult. Creator. I don't know, but what is a, I guess cults get a bad rap because the CIA likes to make them the fall guy for their operations. And then oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know. Anyway.
0: <laughs> oh
1: no, no, no. I keed, I keyed. <laughs> No, I totally get it.
0: Um, I mean, I've I've had the same discussion with a few different people because I want – when I finally get where I want to be and get settled down and get just a big chunk of property, I want to start an intentional community. Yeah. And they're like, You mean like a cult? I'm like, no, there's no freaking leadership. We just kind of coexist. You know we what? We Any... each other out.
1: And Yes. And anymore, I'm like, fuck it, man. Maybe it is a cult. Go fuck yourself. Excuse I me. mean, if it's
0: a cult, fine, whatever. If that's what you want to classify it as. I, yeah, I don't really want I mean, to. I mean, Ruby Ridge wasn't a cult. It was three freaking people and a and a, and a couple kids. <laughs> oh, God, I had to bring up Ruby Ridge. There we go. <laughs> oh,
1: we, have a, we do have a plan, sort of like a, you know, it might be getting moved to the left, so to speak, but we have a plan to do the same thing and get a large piece of property, but enough for all of the family that we have to move there and be there and be safe and you know support each other and I was doing the numbers the other day and like we just we had 19 people at this house for my sister's wedding just this last weekend and and, you know half of us are kids and the other half are adults it was like it's like a pretty good even split but that's a grip of people and that and everyone really likes each other and we have a good time there's no awkwardness you don't have like you know the weird aunt in the corner who doesn't talk to anybody there's none of that shit it's like it's so great and and really we nobody had to do anything special to be there and do that it wasn't you know there was no ritual or uh, or anything like no one signed any papers oh. and be, because we're more or less all political anarchists um we're not I think my sister Kim was the first one to actually change her name and then she did it um yeah, she was the first one to change her name and I think my other sister who just got married is, ch- has changed her name. So they're but they're like the only two legal lighthearts. The rest of us are just we just put that on our social media because we can. And they but are like on paper the Washington DC thinks that we're still these other people. Oh yeah, with our kettle numbers. That is
0: actually pretty badass that they legally changed it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to. I'm still going to, because I will probably always just be a documented person in this country. But we really do have designs to get our third generation off off label, if you will, and um, and to do that, we want to get. We need to kind of establish an area for them to grow up in. Community. Yeah and that takes that takes a lot of work and shared vision and i frankly don't know if we're going to get there because because it's i mean it it's,
0: it's that's a, a lot of effort
1: homesteading is so challenging none of us have done it and we're all very scared of it and it's like because it's because it is challenging and so new and and i really i'm not sure we're going to ever homestead but we're going to get somewhere like as close as we can to that so that if our kids wanted to they would have the option, and if... All they have to do is pull a couple plugs, to, and they're good. Yeah, something like that.
0: So, all right. This is where we get into the meat and potatoes things. Okay. So, where does your, your trauma stem from?
1: Mm, excuse me. So, I have probably... I would say I probably don't have a singular defining event, but more like
0: well like in a general sense, like is it a family trauma, that kind of oh
1: I gotcha. Yeah. So most of it would be family trauma. All the all the really hard stuff is family trauma. Specifically um specifically what? I'm not sure of, but I'm pretty sure you go into
0: whatever you feel comfortable telling people.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, so
1: I I just wanted to I wanted to tell you a little bit about how I discovered it in the first place, right? All um, right. Th- there's a very long story behind me cutting my mom off, but essentially it happened because I found out that she knew that my uncle, her brother, who is younger than her, was a pedophile and a child molester. And had been, and probably had molested me. Now I believe that he physically abused me. I have, and, and I'll get into that in a in a minute. Um, to what degree I don't know, um, but again, I'll get into that in a minute. But she knew she knew about it. She knew about it my entire childhood. I'm probably before I was conceived, right? And then um, left me in his care <laughs> after he had been accused of abusing another child in their neighborhood and my mom came from a family of five and the siblings were spread across 20 years i think similar to how ours are but i honestly 100 percent, believe that every one of the children was was abused at some point by either my mom's mom or one of my mom's mom's brothers my mom's uncles and uh or yeah and so because they all ended up like kind of coming out so traumatized and weird themselves and it was a little bit more post-research my opinion is it, it was a little bit more than what you might consider normal for just having a shitty mom like I I don't know how you frame that up because I don't know how your parents were but for a long time I didn't really even understand what a terrible role model my parents were uh, you know the my so there's I have so many directions I can go so I'm gonna I'm gonna reel it back in just a second <laughs> so um my mom found out probably because of the rumor mill and it being a small town and my uncle had abused like an eighteen month old or two year old kid by some in some way. I think um if I think if I recall that the story was that he had like dunked them in a toilet and you know, head first, like into a into a toilet.
0: Holy shit.
1: Or and that some other shit was going on. So like My mom knew about that from before I was born, and then she left me in his care. He abused me in a couple of different ways, I'm sure. And then, because I have memory of a couple. And um, then later, when I was an adult, didn't tell me when I had kids, right? And then not only allowed, but encouraged and aided my uncle in having um like in, in being around my kids at all because she didn't oh, say anything shit. to me she didn't even give me the choice to say hey don't bring that shit around my people right no oh, man that's messed up so i found out about that and then i severed connections with her it was very there was a lot as you can imagine emotions were high in those times right
0: I'm sure there was some colored language in there.
1: Um, yeah. Well, one of them was that uh, she she said, "Okay." So anyway, I'm sorry. I'm I'm just I'm just a little bit. I gotta reform. Thinking about this stuff does some kind of sometimes kind of. Take oh no! Me totally, totally understand it. It just hits me all over again. Like, damn, that was fucked up. Um so she knew about that stuff and then she didn't tell me so that i could protect my kids adequately and i called her on it and i said that's wrong and she said she was basically like what right and then my um then i find out later i establish connections again with her after i have my third kid and um who's the middle child by several years either way you look at it and I don't know why, but something in me was like, "Hey, I need to go reestablish a connection with my mom, and like let my child." Oh, I I skipped the part where Adelie, my the child I'm talking about, was um you know like nearly died. Did you talk to Raylene about that? You don't have to uh, talk. Yeah,
0: to yeah, it. that was where a lot of Raylene's trauma was coming
1: from. Yeah, like yeah, like a lot of drive it. and such. Yeah. And um, I probably still have some unresolved too, but it's actually a lot easier for me to talk about. And I used to get robotic when i talk about it, where I'd get really emotional and choked up and I couldn't even speak anymore, and I'm a lot more comfortable with it. But my my kid's alive and well and doing great, and she's intelligent, beautiful, and lovely. I love her so much. She's great. Uh, I like talking about her anyway, and her story is fascinating, but it's a long one and you've already talked about it. Uh, Where was I? Where was I? I got lost.
0: Um, Reconnecting with your mom.
1: Yeah, thank you. That's what it was. Okay, see, that happens. No, no, absolutely it does. So then I found out that she not only did that with me, but she uh, allowed that to happen with my brother too and his kids. And so I ended up, my brother, and my brother was like, I don't really see what the problem is, right? I will just make sure that my uncle is never alone with my kids that was his that was his legitimate answer to when i said why are you even talking to these people anymore after we found out everything and he's like well they're still family and so i don't talk to my brother
0: anymore kind of goes to one of those situations where they say you can't pick your family where clearly your family proves that you can pick your family
1: yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of it in a nutshell. Is that like these these people that I used to be related to? Um, I had no choice but to be born to them, and they were horrible people. You know, my my stepdad was like, oh, man, I give him like a, I give him like a solid four out of ten for at least like pretending to care for sometimes and like being relatively cool and then you know quasi trying to get to know my kids but you know he did a lot of like there was a lot of annoying shit with him too i remember him showing up one christmas and he could not say my kid's name right and i'm like really in my head i'm like who does that he his girlfriend kept correcting him and he's not it was so strange and it but it hurt my feelings i was like dude brush up you know what i mean <laughs> figure it out no shit. And, and, uh, but anyway, when I thought back on it, I found it unbelievable that he didn't know about my, the stuff around my uncle, my uncle, and he didn't say anything either. So fuck him, You know, I don't want oh, to talk yeah, to him. Yeah, Absolutely. Because the children are the future. And if you allow them to be raped, they're going <laughs> to grow up to be fucked up people. You know what I mean? Stop doing that. Stop absolutely. it. And I don't know what else to say there. Are, I run into folks on social media who say the same, they'll echo the same sentiment that, but that's your family though. And like, you need to try to help fix them or whatever. And I, I don't know what to say, man. My, my uncle, after my grandmother passed away, um, overdosed on purpose to, to end his life. And he actually told everyone he was going to. And then it was kind of like a last fuck you to everybody because they had to go clean him up. You know what I mean? It was just. Yeah.
0: One more cleanup mess of his, One more mess of his to clean up kind of situation.
1: Yeah. So, you know, my, my biological father wasn't, I've never met him. Um, my mom sued him for child support when I turned 18 and for back child support. And she was like, okay, so I went to work at the age of 15 because my mom hadn't had a job in a year and a half we left california when i was 14 my brother was 12 11 and a half 12 um i was just starting ninth grade so i just started the first quarter and we we moved it was like october november that year (coughs) excuse me we moved to north idaho and my mom's like i want to see snow you know she was working for a. She was working for Loral, which was like Ford Aerospace. Like, I think Ford Aerospace and Loral merged or something like that. And she was like a like a data entry clerk or something for them in California. And then she and my stepdad split. And I have very few like fond memories of either of them. Like my stepdad was never around. And then my mom, by the time that they were on the rocks, my mom was like staying out at a bar with her friends from work every night, like three to four nights a week. My brother and I get home from school and there'd be directions on the counter for making dinner in like a box of hamburger helper, you know, like I got that hamburger helper shit down. Oh, and yeah, right? so I was feeding my brother and me for, you know, a couple of years at like 13, 14 and. I was like, I was kind of like, no big deal, you know? And I'm talking to people about that, and healthier people than I are like, are you kidding me? That's terrible. Where, well, what now happened? it's
0: making me question my, my childhood.
1: <laughs> my parents,
0: well, you, they both, it was a two-income uh, two family, uh, two family. So I did the same thing every once in a while, but I knew I was going to be doing it, you know?
1: Yeah. So you had um. My mom and my, my mom and dad both worked. That's what you're talking about. they were, neither of them were home, so you had to provide for yourself, like meals and stuff, for several hours of the day.
0: Yeah, and I mean it like, wasn't all all the time. Like, like sometimes my dad or... would, sometimes my dad would get off earlier than other days. But if he had to work late, I cooked supper, you know, or that kind of thing.
1: Okay, yeah, I got you. So, yeah, I'll I will say that we more or less got into a routine, of that's what we're doing, but. It it was a routine of, like, Monday, Wednesday, Thursdays, you know, and every week. And so t- the, the point being that we got up, she got up in the morning at 530, got ready for work and left the house so we didn't see her. And then we went to school, and then we came home, and she wasn't home. And then we had a bedtime, right, because we're still teenagers, like, you know, young, young preteens. So she we go to, she's so she's getting home after we go to bed so we weren't we weren't seeing either one of our parents for like 48 hours at a time and and that's why we were watching like you know watching TV instead of doing our homework and playing Nintendo instead of cleaning our room and like eating hamburger helper and the frosting out of the cupboard and instead of like nutritious meals that you should you should be eating when you're a child and um Am I gonna say that it was was the worst childhood ever? No, sir, it wasn't, and that is not the point I'm getting at. It's just more like it's not behavior that I want to that I didn't. I don't appreciate it. It didn't like there were no good times. You know what I mean? Like I would have rather had that instead of um what I feeling lonely, I guess, and being left on my. I don't know. I, there was enough to do, I suppose. Like I can kind of like hear some people now going, "Oh, what's wrong with that?" And I don't really care. Um, I know how I feel. Uh, I kind of. That's what
0: matters it. is how how it affected you.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it, it contributed
0: to your trauma, that's on top of other things that you had going on in your life that added to it. I mean, that's still part of the trauma.
1: And I think what one of the things that um the, and one of the reasons that it comes up when I do talk about the trauma, if you will, is that, like, my trauma specifically happened at such an early age that, like, before most children are really talking and walking, uh, I don't know if, like, I guess, in my opinion, it's sort of like another card in in the deck, you know what I mean? Like, if she had been... Really affectionate and doting, and/or taken a real interest in my development as a kid in school, or maybe um, understood that I needed therapy for various anxiety issues, or like any of that stuff—what stuff that I do with my kids that I know I do because I care about them, right? Oh yeah. If she had done any of that, I could at least look back and go, "Well, maybe she felt bad." For what she had done or neglected to do or whatever oh yeah but but there wasn't any of that like it's like it's like she abandoned me as damaged goods from a pretty early excuse me early on and then uh as i got older you know 15 i think that's where i actually started this little foray into nostalgia uh but at at 15 my my mom moves us up to north idaho and she can't find work her unemployment runs out and suddenly she's like, I don't know what we're going to do guys. It's the middle of winter and I don't have a job and I'm scared. And she's putting that on us. Like, uh, there's no, there's no one piloting the ship, right? There's no one flying the plane anymore. Like you're supposed to, the sky is falling. We're going to be out in the streets. What am I supposed to do? Justin, what's supposed to happen? What? Tell me what to do. (laughs) Like, I don't fucking know. So I guess I'll go get a job. It'll be okay. Like, well, I'll get a job and then I'll pay the bills. You know, you just keep getting temporary work. Well, that turned into me doing all of the bills. And like, I was just telling Raylene today. I remember one time. I know, I, I know this, I know this fucking impacted me because I don't have very clear memories of it. And i understand my brain a lot better now but i have these these couple flashes of images the house we were living in at the time i can remember standing in the kitchen because we were yelling at each other my mom and i were and i'm looking out the window and i can see the the window pane and through it and the lighting and everything like i have the smell of the air if you will imprinted and i'm racking my brain trying to remember when I gave her this that $600 because she was, it was two weeks ago and she, I'd given her $600. I'd worked a little overtime and I was so excited, dude. Because when you're 16 years old, getting like a $600 paycheck is,
0: it's was like, like,
1: fuck it's yeah, man. Started. I was, I was excited. And she comes begging for it because she needs it to like pay the rent or whatever, or buy food or whatever the fuck it was. And I gave it to her. And then two weeks later, I got paid again. I'm like, well, this one's only like 400 bucks, but I'm gonna make it, you know, make it last and it'll be great. And she comes at me for that paycheck. Like, I never gave her the $600. (laughs) And I go, wait a second. I just gave you all this money. What happened to where did it go? That was supposed to be for the whole month. And she goes, no, you didn't. And dude, I, there is, being gaslit by your own parents is probably, well, being gaslit at all is is horrifying. It's really, it's it's a fucked up thing to do to people. I think it happens between parents and children the most often because a natural relationship between parent and child is one of trust, right? You're supposed to be oh, born that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That. Absolutely. So, so, when when they're the ones doing it to you, you're just, like, you're just a, it's, it's a T, right? They're just teeing off on you when they do that. It's such a setup. So oh, yeah. I, uh, I was thinking about that today. I gave her so much money and she didn't work because I was I was basically like her welfare program, right? I was supporting her and I was not um, eating very much. I graduated high school weighing 128 pounds and I was six feet tall.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. Today, I weigh like 170 pounds, 70 pounds. I'm not a huge guy, but I, I put a lot on a lot of weight in like being normal uh, and healthy. At least you're being fat now. Yeah. And uh, I've been all you're the way to up to over to 200, money, so right? I know what that's like too. <laughs> but when I, was, uh, when I was in high school, I wasn't eating because I was going to school all day. And then after school, I got to well, go to work. Now, as a junior, I got one hour of work release and i was able to take a 0 hour so i could get an early release so yeah that
0: sound like prison for a second
1: <laughs> no yeah yeah that's what it was i had to show up early at 5 for a 0 hour class so i could shift my whole schedule down an hour and then my last hour i turned into a work release so i could go to work and that was it was like you know it was considered a credit to go to work
0: I actually had a class like that my uh, junior, senior year. So I I can relate to that.
1: So I did that for that whole year. And my grades were like the high honor roll, you know, like three, almost 4.0 stuff.
0: Holy crap, you had good grades and you were paying the bills?
1: Uh, So I I was just about to qualify that and say that I did not, I've always been Um, pretty good at testing like I don't have I don't get test anxiety like other people do in fact um, I am I'm one of the best test crammers I've ever met I can I can cram like a two-hour test no easy like no problem and I'll get like a 90 percent or better as long as it's within like somewhat within my purview um, if I've covered the material a little bit but I almost don't even need to that sounds like I'm bragging, but I guess I am a little bit. I've, that's oh, actually something I'm really good at. Yeah, and so it's it, – but that's a detriment too if you're like – if that was all you were getting tested on in school, I could have just challenged the classes and been let go, right? And my parents didn't think of anything like that because they didn't want to. I didn't think of anything like that because there was no one there to tell me. The school has no interest in getting you out of school. They want you there for their money, right? Oh, Yeah. So no one told me. But in hindsight, it all makes sense. Because my children today that I have whelped, are fucking geniuses. Dorothy's not even seven. We're in the grocery store yesterday. We never go anywhere. These kids are like shut-ins, right? They're like, ooh, the parking lot. You know, like just getting them into the store <laughs> is and, – and they're normal, highly functioning social kids. Before we even went in, I was like, listen – We're not going to be wearing our masks. And there's going to be almost everyone else here is going to be wearing masks. And it's the one thing I don't want you to ask anyone about. And the only other thing is if I tell you whatever I tell you, you 100% absolutely have to do it immediately. And that includes if I say run, right? And then I go, and I'm sorry. I'm not trying to scare you. I don't expect any problems, but it's my job to teach you about the real world. And I don't want you having any ideas that this is all just fun and games right these are strangers and i don't know any of them and i don't know what to expect 100% of the time and it felt really like i had a gut wrenching moment i had had this moment of truth with my children who in my opinion are too young to have to deal with bullshit like that oh my but my at God. the same time i wanted them to know i had their backs i was there to protect them and i was going to do that my mom would have been like okay uh, good luck you know it, it it's not the same and my i didn't have a dad and certainly not one that would have said anything like that or done anything like that. So for me, again, that's maybe more taking it into my own hands of what, what I expect a parent to be is kind of based a little bit upon my experiences. But they aren't so much as a like a retaliation for a poor childhood. It's more like a lessons learned. And
0: well, How we do things when we grow up is we either go the same path our parents went or we go to the extreme of one way or the other we are either worse or better i mean there's only three steps you can go stay the path or go to the left or right real hard
1: do you think that most people i think most
0: people go the other direction and don't go the, they either stay the path or they go negative i don't think wow. they get better I'm most lying. of the time wow. but maybe that's
1: uh, i mean it could just be my cynicism um oh no 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 hold on i didn't mean why do you think that i meant more like why why is it do you think like i really want to know why i want to know i that is
0: part of its laziness and part of it's they've been beat down especially if they had like say a say a more aggressive childhood they've just been beaten to the point where they're obedient oh dude so or they're reliant depending if like say their family was more welfare dependent or dependent on other people, be it the church or the community, whatever. They've become dependent or entitled. So they've gone to that, that dependent and entitled side versus, say, where we are, where it's more st- strictly self-reliant and kind of coaching. And they may not, and when you go to that, generally when you go to that uh, welfare side of things, you tend to be the more aggressive parent where you're whipping your kid with a spoon in the middle of the dollar general. Uh, I've seen that a handful of times. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, yeah, I I get where parents say, well, when I was a kid, my parents whipped me. That's why I'm, you know, well behaved. No, no, that's probably not it.
1: It was probably something else you saw in your life. I have a really good friend who, who is basically like, you know, well, my dad threw me in to the river to teach me how to swim. And, and my, and there, to, I'm sure today you would find a large number of adults who would say, yeah, what's wrong with that? Because it was done to them and they survived it. And it was fine. I mean,
0: just because it's done doesn't make it right.
1: Well, you know, like it could be a great experience. I think kids like have a natural instinct for swimming. And, oh yeah. But not all of them do. And, and And like any number of things could go wrong and, you know, um. Not to be sound like a helicopter dad about it too much. It just strikes me as something that could be less beneficial, more often than beneficial, or you know, there's more risk than reward. Considering there are other ways to teach children how to swim, you know, yeah. if it, if if that was the only way, then so be it. You know, maybe you'd be better off not teaching them to swim at all. But there are other ways. You don't have to throw exactly. them into icy cold water and tell them to toughen up and learn how to swim and then especially without telling them first that you'll be there to pull them out like a exactly. lot of a lot of kids actually are just about, fucking blindsided by it like whoop there you go
0: i was actually just about to make that point is that um it's 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 a good thing for the kids to be thrown to the wolves on occasion but they need to know that they have that support system to pull them out if it gets too bad
1: yeah i mean because yeah, eventually I'm... they need to feel their own power. They need to be challenged. Exactly. Uh, you, the kids have to be pitted against the environment a little bit. One of the great regrets that I have about about my parenting style so far is that I don't I don't get my kids outside often enough. Like I have so. I am a work in progress, right? Uh, and I'm and I'm evolving. All are. And maybe and maybe a lot of the things that I s- have said today already or that I'm going to say will sound maybe like lofty or much improved. I have noticed a lot of improvement in myself and I'm just going to take those gains and I'm going to talk about them because that's the whole point.
0: But Absolutely. I am
1: definitely a work in progress and I have made mistakes. But what I was one of the things that I was going to say and this will kind of blend together is that when you're when you are a parent and you do think about your parents and how you were parented, or when I think about how I've been a parent and parented, I have to be able to acknowledge the mistakes that were made or I cannot correct them. And if I can't be accountable to the mistakes, I'm gonna continue making the mistakes. In that same fashion, you think about who your parents were. If you just put them on a pedestal and say they were perfect parents, you're effectively neutralizing having to deal with that trauma at all that's there and it's there parents traumatize their kids it's unintentional it happens in my opinion it happens because of societal pressure but it happens and when it happens it's the parents responsibility to initiate the healing and and assist them in that that's the whole point but if they miss it they fuck it up because they're up and they're just mixed up in their own shit then i'm swearing a lot sorry they're all mixed up in it and they forget and they and and no one deals with it, and it, the kids get to be adults or what have you. instead of putting the parents on a pedestal, they really should be examining where their faults were a, as they see them and having that conversation because otherwise they're almost doomed to repeat it with their own children as a way to deal with it because ultimately, it, it, when a person when people have like a a conflict together, there has to be a resolution, there has to be an atonement. And it's, um, in my opinion, it's spiritual and everybody has it and it. And that is, that is like, um, objective morality in a sense, like it, like it's there, like everybody knows what's right and wrong. But even if we can't agree on that, when there's a conflict between two persons, the one person who believes that they were slighted, believes it in their heart, that person needs atonement, right? Now, It is also my opinion that the ego does a pretty good job of always pointing the finger away from the self as a means of protection because if the atonement has to come from the self then that's costly and it's the ego's job to sort of protect that, right? Exactly. So we're always pointing the finger at somebody else and trying to scapegoat them and saying no it's that person's fault and when you're in an intimate relationship such as a parent and a child it could be really easy to do that but part of the part of the trauma is really in that power dynamic and the child may not ever feel able to challenge the parent until it gets to the point where it's so bad that they're trying to piss the parent off on purpose as a way to push them away
0: and, like, I was literally that create kid.
1: some distance. You were that, like
0: kid? that kid? And I, uh, like, my parents did stuff, and they made, and I, I say this all the time, I'm not shitting on my parents. They did what they could with what they had, and whether they did the right thing all the time, I don't know. Maybe I was super rebellious. But usually, you know, they would do something, say something, and I would do just the opposite of it on purpose to get a reaction because Mm. I was just, maybe I didn't like the lack of reaction because they were busy people. They did work, but I did something to get a reaction a lot of times, and most of the time it was negative.
1: I feel like it might be a way for us to remind ourselves that we exist in those people's worlds because we do feel abandoned when when the person's no longer there and that maybe there's like an inst like a primordial or animal like instinct kind of tie-in or an evolutionary one or maybe that's how human beings have developed over millions of years or maybe that's how the good god created us ten thousand years ago whatever the fact is we're we're mimetic beings right like we we emulate the stuff that we see and when you stop having those inputs there's nothing to learn from your parents anymore. A separation is natural and organic and it's going to happen. So exactly. not being involved in your child's life and shuffling them off all the time like the um the cats in the cradle with the silver spoon that song with the Oh yeah. Yeah, that it's the same it's that same kind of thing and I don't know if um I, I don't think it's good for kids to be in daycares for example because
0: While they're getting socialized, they're not being socialized with their parents.
1: Yeah, and so, like, maybe a little bit of that could be good, but also, if the parents aren't there, then the base of support and security that that child has, and really, we're talking about, like, four-year-olds, two-year-olds, infants, like, and the the babies know their parents when they're born, however you want to, however you want to, like yeah they know the that whole that's... mother mother child relationship or father child relationship those like like they get it they know who they are and you can't if you separate them then there's separation anxiety and people get pissed about that like there's pinterest boards and websites and like there's probably millions of dollars of research into how to get kids to stop co-sleeping right books <laughs> books being written about it Because parents want their time in their bed without a baby in it. The fact is, the the baby was like reliant upon the mom for all that housing for nine months. And you bring it out of there where it's all warm and cozy into this place is so full of stimulus that uh, the brain is constantly having to record everything. And it it can be too much. You know, you just need that sense of safety and security. And I think we're a lot. um, We just continue to be that as we grow up. And so we need safe places to come back to. And if you don't have that as a kid and you're not taught those boundaries because your parents just dropped them in the dirt like they're gone or they violated them, which would be, you know, many times worse, in my opinion, then, then as an adult, you don't have any, like, compass for that shit. And you just end up thinking it's normal. And then, unfortunately you look around and you see all the same stuff because like I said before, I think societal pressure is is one of the main reasons and the pressure education model. Oh, You're yeah. just like turning out little workers, you know? And then those little workers grow up to be like, you know, really focused on t- teaching their kids to be good little workers and you end up with generational trauma. We
0: don't see any of these, these things that we went through as issues is because yeah. we're just, you know, what's the big
1: deal? i did it i turned out just fine and it not that sort of like saying my shit doesn't stink yeah exactly so as we wind down
0: here because i've had you on the line for a minute i want to ask you a couple parenting questions oh sure because and i will say this just from what i see y'all are doing things in a manner that i couldn't freaking imagine being so good at so I want to see it, how you how you answer this uh, this one itself. Um, how do you avoid transferring your traumas to your kids?
1: Oh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to take a take a a rain check on that answer because I haven't, haven't fully it out yet. It yet. Not yet. I mean, it's I totally understand that. So part part of me honestly believes that some of it can happen before the child's completely even. Um, like I mentioned epigenetics earlier, right? Oh, I mean and,
0: how do you personally avoid it?
1: Well, so that's kind of what I'm getting at is oh. that um I'm not sure you can avoid it because I think it can be imparted without your without your meaning to, and then you sort of have to learn from yourself first and look at your children as kind of another, maybe better version of yourself with some built-in bugs because it's got started with some bad code
0: kind of like memory copy kind of thing where it it gets what you have it may not know your memories directly but it gets what you've been through genetically
1: yeah and yes um i don't know if no one's going to be able to say whether or not that's true or not so you know don't bother but um, but like even on a lighter in a lighter scale kind of evolutionary theory sort of way um in behavioral science, I think maybe I might find some agreement in the behavioral sciences, but the kids are so absorbent that, and, and we are often, culturally speaking, young when we're parents. Oh, our, first, our first time, especially. And I mean, so... I
0: you're pretty young, and I was pretty young. Yeah. Well, I wasn't, actually, I was mid-20s, so I wasn't very young at all. <laughs> but still, maturity-wise,
1: I was pretty young. Well, that's what I was getting to, is that uh, we're young um, and we don't have that wisdom and the confidence and so there is some emotional spillage and unfortunately that anxiety or whatever it looks like the the un, the un, negative feelings the kids pick up on those too and you know depending on this the severity of it, it you can just have like a mini little impact that creates a little imprint I have images like that from my parents so knowing that about myself I just have to be honest about that right and say damn, I really fucked that up. So I can go back and fix it. And um, part of doing the therapy work that I have been doing with myself through EMDR and my therapist once a week, I have been able to desensitize myself and kind of like unburden my mind with a lot of that background anxiety to the point where now I'm less reactive in general. But when I do react, I have the capacity to hit the pause button and say wow I'm I'm like out of line I I can I can get there so much faster like within seconds sometimes almost immediately and then stop and come back and say I'm really sorry I don't I think I might be hungry or like I, I can be able to get in touch with my own body figure out what the hell is wrong with me apologize to my kid and then have a short little conversation with them about why it was wrong or how it was wrong or how I could have done better and it's not always me just like providing a lip service or eating crap it's It's I I am honestly just accounting for who I am in the moment and saying, you know, it's like okay to have human reactions. And also, I want you to know I'm really sorry and I hope you accept my apology. And so my kid knows when they grow up. Just
0: the atonement in itself, I think, is a way to avoid transference. Because if you react a certain way and then you realize you screwed up and you reacted a way maybe you shouldn't have.
1: Okay, well, then that's my answer. then,
0: Then you atone for it. So in that in that way,
1: yeah. But I I have to say that I I feel like I'm still pretty reactive. My kids still are able to ramp up my anxiety just by fighting with each other. Like (laughs) them them arguing with each other spins me up so fast. Like I'm I'm warp speed at that point. So I really have to work on that stuff. But I'm getting better. And every week every week I do therapy, I come out of it feeling like I have more capacity for it and better language for it. Just good.
0: So I'm going to end it on this question real quick. Um, do you have anything that, like, say you or your kids avoid talking about just to avoid triggering, say yourself?
1: No, not anymore. I think I might have. Um, so it's difficult for me to think about what would trigger me anymore, because I don't think I have, any more serious triggers, but the I'm pretty accountable to my children, and I think I can be that way partly because i am I'm just all the way accountable to my children, so I can't really hide from them and um you know what i wouldn't I wouldn't talk to them about stuff to avoid putting unnecessary world views into their minds. Stuff that they have, there's no schema to process with, and therefore they're going to supplement with um, fairy tale stuff, which tends to be of epic proportions. And there's, like, I would never, I'm not going to teach my kids about racist racism culture. I'm not going to teach my kids about um, any any woke culture, or be, specifically because it tends to be a hot button politically speaking
0: that stuff's fluid anyway it tends to change a lot it
1: does it does do that
0: unfortunate
1: um but i'm also not gonna like they know war is bad but i'm not going to like hyper focus on how many yemeni children the u.s bombs every year right i'm not going to do that to them because they don't need to know it and i'm also they don't have free reign of the internet right they don't get to watch youtube that's not a thing in this house so they're their heads aren't filled with these concepts that are really a struggle for most adults. I know, right. I let alone children. I don't know why we would do that. Did you have channel one news in school? Oh my God. Yes. I hated that. What were they thinking, dude? We're like (laughs) watching the Berlin wall come down for God's sake. This is a moment in history, children. You have to remember this forever. And it was really important that we were a part of that. So we would just, but, but was it, I don't, in hindsight i'm not so sure i mean we yeah. could have read about that later and been totally fine and maybe I mean, I um, about the
0: moonwalk later and the challenger explosion
1: yeah <laughs> i mean what i, was I just need making to a joke about there. the challenger explosion today and, and and it's because i personally feel like you know the whole thing was a hoax but i still um, think the
0: moonwalk's a hoax so
1: oh yeah me too space space is fake space is <laughs> fake people it may be there but i don't think we have been no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to think. I don't have any answers, and and well, I love that. I'm mean, I'm just honest about it. I, I don't extreme, have I don't mind to because I'm that. not trying to go to space. It exactly. Doesn't matter to me.
0: I live here. I don't live up there.
1: It's not a big deal.
0: Yeah. All right. So, closing words of wisdom, be it dealing with trauma, uh, parenting after you've lear- started learning to deal with your trauma. Any words of wisdom for the people?
1: I think you have to have a you have to have a real conversation with yourself and you kind of have to know who you are and if you don't know that you might want to start thinking about who you want to be because if you don't know who you are and you don't know what you're working to you don't have really anything to impart to your children you're just repeating something you were told or you were repeating something somebody told you to do to your children build that connection by being honest with yourself so get to know your inner child if that sounds cliche but that's exactly what I did and it's great and I can see I can take a look back at myself when I was a child because all of those memories are mine and I can understand what I wanted when I was that person and what what was good and what was bad and when I'm really honest about that I'm better equipped to build a relationship that's meaningful with my children but you have to dig you got to it's difficult at first but it's really the first i cried a lot my first like eight sessions i'd say bawled and wept for 15 20 30 minutes at a time and just tears streaming down my face and it was all catharsis it just needed to go it's gone nowadays i do therapy and i don't i don't even get a tear and i'm having intense emotional feedback but it's not so wound up in there with all the other stuff you know so um just decide who you want to be and then if you don't know at least ask yourself some questions because that really is the first step you know like who am i i don't i've never really thought about it who do i want to be who am i allowed to be where do i fit in and, and who do i want my kids to be and i hope the answer is who they are because the reality is they're never going to be you and you have to let that shit go. They're never going to be you,
0: absolutely. but if
1: you're not careful, they're going to pick up all of your worst habits, the most damaging ones as a, as a response to you putting them on them in the first place. It's just, just a natural sort of defense. So hang in there, everybody. Times are tough, but you can lead with love. You can choose love every time and still defend what's yours. Still do what's right in the face of danger and your parent, your your children are watching. And that's the main thing. It's like you are the role model for those kids. And they're watching what you're doing right now and what's happening in the world today. So take care of yourselves. Take care of your health, your mind, your spirit. And um, protect your property.
0: All right. Man, I appreciate, appreciate you coming on. I know I was kind of trying to even consider it. And I appreciate your time. And I want to close with just to remember every day that you wake up. Every wake-up is a victory. And Amen. when things get tough, you just have to keep pushing. One step forward is still a step forward. Just keep that smile on your face and try to be the light for somebody even on your worst day. That little flicker of light can be a bonfire to somebody that's in their darkness. And thank you for listening.